0: Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. In John 10, 9 and 10, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm going to read a testimony by a man, Manfred Kohler, to start. The mailroom door stood before me, beckoning eerily. It promised delight or disappointment, but would not tell me which. I fought the temptation to hold my breath. My mailbox had been empty for six days running. As I moved toward that box, my eyes wouldn't focus. Fear held me. One glance through that glass door could reward me with a world of hurt. It's tough to contemplate the possibility of a mailbox filled with air. I was 959 miles away from home. Too poor to make a phone call, I would gladly have donated a gallon of blood for a, a letter from someone, anyone. Even a five-point demerit slip from my Bible college proctor would have brought relief. With one breath, I forced my eyes open, empty. I had a lot of growing up to do, I knew, but knowing didn't take the ache away. One scripture i memorized shone a tiny light through my fog. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. My homesickness was definitely an anxiety. I should have done it far sooner, but that night I put that verse to the test. The secluded country road was perfect for what I needed, a place to talk, cry, and even yell out loud. I did all three. God needed some good reminding of my need for mail. In a dozen different ways, I told him what it was like to have a vacant mailbox. The tears streamed down my face. Then a thought gently pierced my mind. Am I not enough? I could see my Savior's face, sad but smiling, arms open. Love personified offered me what I needed most. Not a letter, not a phone call, not even a visit from my whole youth group. Jesus offered me more of himself. I cast my anxiety on him, and in return, he showed me his goodness, love, and very real presence. There have been times that many of us have felt this way. A battle with loneliness unsuspectingly attacked. In times like this, we may find ourselves asking, "There has got to be more to life than this." And I want us to understand from John 10 that Jesus wants to give us abundant life. What comes to your mind when you think about being a Christian? Is it rules? Is it a list of do's and don'ts? If this is your view of what it means to be be a follower of Christ, you're probably not a very happy person. My brother is a youth pastor in Wisconsin, and over Thanksgiving break, he told me of a young man that lives according to his feelings. He does what he feels like, and by his own admission, he's miserable. He said something like this to my brother, I am willing to abandon God in order to get what I want. Whoa. That's a pretty scary thing to say, and he thinks he can find abundant life through his desires. Much confusion comes from our definition of abundant life. Jesus came to give you an abundant life, so what is it? Let's first consider what abundant life is not. It is not an abundance of physical things. Jesus said in Matthew 8 verse 20 that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. If abundant life was established in an abundance of things, Jesus would have been the wealthiest man in the history and future of the entire world. My son Colton, when he was younger, he was kind of a bottomless pit. He loved to eat. He loved food. And one time we were at my sister's home and in front of him on the table was a bowl full of olives. And he loved black olives, so he kept eating them and eating them. And he kept saying, please, please. And then a couple minutes later, we're kind of in conversation. We take a look over at him, and that whole bowl of olives was gone. But it made him feel sick. And then what he had eaten was very soon out on the table because he was ill. But that didn't stop him. He looked at what was now on the table, and he started to try to pick up those olives and try to eat them again. We tend to think that if we gorge on earthly pleasures, we'll be happy. But then it ends up making us sick. And then we still go back for more. How foolish. An abundant life is not an abundance of stuff or pleasure. It is also not an absence of personal trials. I'd encourage you to go and read James 1, 1 1-4, Hebrews 12, 2. And in James 1, He says to count it all joy when you face diverse temptations or trials. Take joy in them because they are performing a work in you. Let's be honest. We all want the results of working out, but we don't want to actually work out and go through that process. Maybe there's a time in your life when you were like, I'm finally motivated. Tomorrow I am going to work out. The next day when you wake up early, it's gone. And without resistance, muscles don't grow any larger. We don't get stronger. Without resistance spiritually, we don't mature. But again, let's be honest. It's hard to count it all joy when you don't quite fit in. It's hard to count it all joy when your family's falling apart. It's hard to count it all joy when you feel all alone. It's hard to count it all joy when you're sick, when a friendship ends, when you're compared to others and found lacking. Sometimes it is hard to count it all joy. But when you reach the light at the end of the tunnel and patience has had her perfect work, you will be complete. You will lack nothing, James says. If you're looking for an abundant life and an abundance of physical things or an absence of personal trials, your search will come up empty. Abundant life is an eternal life, number one. John 17, verse 3 says, And this is life eternal that they may know Thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. The foundation for an abundant life is built upon the knowledge that life will last forever. It's having an eternal perspective, not just a temporal, earthly perspective. We all need to understand that our souls will live somewhere forever. Do you get that? Some of you may be waiting to become a Christian because you have believed the lies from Satan that freedom is found in complete independence from other people, including God. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Crawl in the yoke of Jesus Christ. You will learn what kind of master he is. He's meek and lowly of heart. You'll find rest for your souls. The yoke is easy and the burden is light. Shackle yourself to Christ and you will find rest. You'll find eternal life. So is the Christian life just a list of do's and don'ts to you? Your life is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. John 15 verse 14 says, Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, don't separate Christ's commands from your relationship with him. See yourself doing what you do because your best friend asked you to do it. Included in an abundant life is an abundance of spiritual things. Ephesians 3.19 and 20 says this, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God wants us to be filled with all the fullness of God. He wants us to have an abundant life. What fills us with God's fullness is knowing the love of Jesus Christ. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I don't know about you, but I don't like pancakes as much as I love the syrup. The syrup is the best part of a pancake, hands down. And as a dad now, I find myself telling my kids when we're at home, Hey, that's enough syrup. That stuff is not good for you. But here's the translation. Hey, that costs money. I don't want to have to buy more syrup. But I have also taken my kids to IHOP. When their plate becomes a swimming pool of syrup, I said absolutely nothing. (laughs) Why? Because that syrup is already paid for. So on their plate, they had an abundance of syrup. They didn't need that much. They had more than they could ever use for those pancakes. And God promises to meet all of our needs in an abundant way. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Matthew 6, he tells us not to worry about physical needs because he'll provide them. God gives us what we physically need, but he promises to give us more than we could ever ask or think in a spiritual way. When you ask for forgiveness, that picture, so to speak, of forgiveness never runs out. There's an abundance there. We cannot out-sin God's grace. When you truly seek his face, there's an abundance of peace in God's presence. He gives an abundance of spiritual things, more than we could ask for. That is abundant life. Abundant life is also a continual process of growth. In 2 Peter 3.18, it says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter's prayer for the church was that they would grow. The longer that I'm married, the more gracious I realize that my wife is. The more we grow in our relationship, the more she knows about me. And I don't always like that. She sees my selfish side, my angry side, and yet she still loves me. You know what she doesn't do? She doesn't make up all these rules the longer that we're married. Yes, we have to talk things through and deal with issues, but our marriage is all about our relationship. And hopefully we are gracious to one another because we love each other. God knows everything about me, yet still loves me. The more I get to know God, the more amazed I am of Him. I get the privilege as part of my abundant life in Christ to get to know Him. He provided a way for me to have a relationship with Him through the cross. And through His resurrection, He doesn't change the rules on me as I go. Jesus accomplished what I cannot. A Christian life is not all about rules. It's about a relationship and growth. An abundant life is not about perfection. You will not be perfect during this life. But I'm I'm thankful to let you know that God doesn't expect perfection, but he does expect growth. Take comfort that Christ wants you to grow. And notice the key word that's used in connection with growth in this verse. It's grace. God is gracious. He enables us to grow. Jesus came to give you an abundant life of gracious growth. He came to save you from the destruction and effects of sin in this life and the next. Do you know what all these things have in common? Abundant life is simply, number four, an invitation to the door, Jesus Christ. In John 10, verse 9, again, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The word that is used here means that which goes way beyond necessity. John wanted all of his readers to know that the gift of Jesus is life beyond our wildest dreams, so to speak. To have this abundant life, you must come to the door. And Jesus is not the door to a list of do's and don'ts. He's not a door to loneliness. He's not a door to poverty. He is not a door to disappointment. He is the door that leads to the pasture. The door that leads to rest. He is the door that leads to life. He's the door that leads to abundant life. My son used to be very afraid of the dark. I remember one time he ran down the hall towards his room. He realized the light was off in his room and he ran back down the hallway terrified towards me. And he came to me and said, Daddy, I can't go to my room. Why? Because it's dark in there, Daddy. Daddy, are there lions in there? And I laughed. No, Daddy, that's not funny. Are there animals in my room? And I was like, no, there have never been animals in your room, buddy. And then he said, can you come with me? And as I went with him, his fears were gone when I was with him. Jesus gives us an invitation to walk through life with him. He'll give us pasture He'll calm fears when we are afraid of the unknown. He is the door. He is offering himself. Christ's salvation is much more than a get-out-of-jail-free card. It is not just a key to enter into heaven. It is much more than that. He has green pastures for you to rest in right now. Following Jesus is not a list of restrictions. It's a life that is full of abundant joy. And according to John 10, Jesus wants to give you abundant life. Is this question from Jesus gently piercing your mind tonight? Am I not enough? Jesus is offering you more of himself. He's offering you a promise. Colossians 3 verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. One of the best things that you can do to enjoy abundant life is to be quick to confess when you're not enjoying abundant life. Lord, I know you came to give me abundant life, but right now that is not reality for me. Please change my perspective. Bring me back to abundance in you. So today, have you realized that you've had a wrong view of what abundant life is? God does not promise us an abundance of physical things or an absence of personal trials. But he does promise us eternal life. He promises us an abundance of spiritual things. He promises us grace as we grow and an invitation to the door himself. Jesus is enough. He is abundant life, and you must believe that. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, You can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.